John chapter number 11 and verse number 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Verse 19, Many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother, and then Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. And then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. When she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but he was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews which were with her in the house comforted her and saw Mary that she rose up hastily and went out followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come and Jesus was, she saw him, she fell down at his feet saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Then Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her. And he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have they laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35 is the shortest verse in the word of God. Jesus wept. And then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. There was a cave and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take you away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of this people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. When he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said unto him, Loose him, and let him go. 
And many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen this thing which Jesus did believed on him. Verse 46. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. God be my helper this morning. I'll just expound this scripture on the resurrection of Lazarus. And you see, first of all, the trip to Bethany. God is the great creator. God is the creator of this universe and creator of all mankind. And you can be assured that everything that God does, God does perfectly. And God does for his glory and he does for his honor. But there are some things in our lives that are going to have to get worse before they ever get better. And when you see God deal with those that are lost based on the tenderness or based on the hardness of a man's heart... People sometimes have to pass through great fiery trials. Sometimes people have to wrestle in a whole lot of ways to get to a place to where they ever see that they really have a need. It breaks my heart to see this sometimes, but occasionally I watch individuals that have to go to the very rock bottom to ever get to the place in their life where they see that they have a need. But then again, I see people that go to the rock bottom sometimes and still never really see that they have a need. What a tragedy. What an awful thing for folks to go through the things that people have to go through in this ungodly world and never let that turn them to Christ. Never see their need and never see that even in the tragedies and the turmoils that people go through, that Jesus loves them and cares for them, is trying to work in their life. And God's ways are not our ways. If Mary and Martha had had their way, Jesus would have come running. But he waited two days because Jesus understood what was going on and he knew better than they did. I don't know what you're facing this morning. Precious child of God, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the trial in your life, but I know God knows. And I know God's got everything in control. And you see the trip to Bethany. Then you see the trial of faith when he begins to deal with Martha. God was not just going to Bethany to work in Lazarus. God was going to Bethany to work in Martha. Now, he did work in Mary too, but that's not the primary focus here. The Lord Jesus is trying to do something in Martha's heart. And there's a trial of faith that you see her dealing with here. Now, Martha realized that Jesus could do anything he wanted to do. He realized that through the power of God, Christ, the Son of God could do anything that he wanted to do. She just didn't know if he would. There's folks sitting in this building this morning, intellectually, you know God's able to do anything he wants to do, but you just don't know whether he will or not. That's a great stumbling block. That's a great hindrance this morning. What God does is God gets great glory this morning when his children believe him. I put a great deal of importance this morning on the fact that if you're saved, you need to spend time along with God. You need to fellowship with God. As a matter of fact, I'll go this far this morning. If there's not an inner compulsion in you to draw you somewhere to spend time along with God, you probably ain't never been born of the Spirit of God because God draws His little children to a place where they want to be with Him and they want to hear His voice and they want to fellowship with Him. But this morning, it greatly pleases God when God's children believe Him. 
But let me take this a step further to make sure you understand what I'm saying this morning. It's not just that you believe God. First of all, before you believe Him, you're going to have to hear from Him. That's why it's so important for you to be around the things of God. That's why it's so important for you to have that private time and that special time where you just steal away and get along with God. Because when God puts something in your heart in such a way that you've heard from God, it's just as real as if it's already happened and you can believe Him and you can leave it alone and you can just go on. Now, I told you this story before about Evan Roberts, but I'm going to reiterate this because Evan Roberts is one of the greatest men of God that God ever used. But Evan Roberts, before he was ever saved, had a godly mother and nobody... I don't even know Evan Roberts' mother's name. I don't have any idea what her name is. But Evan Roberts' mother got on her face before God and heard from heaven and God told his mama, I'm going to save your boy. And she got hold of that thing. And when she got hold of that thing, she got to telling everybody all over town, Evans got saved. Well, everywhere Evan Roberts went, he'd run into people and they'd say, Evan, I've heard you got saved. Evan Roberts was wicked. He was vile. He was a soccer player. And they call that football there in Wales. And he'd meet people on the street and they'd say, Evan, I heard you got saved. Evan would say, I ain't got saved and I ain't getting saved. I'm going to play football and go to hell. And everywhere he went, people would run into him. And he went back home. He said, Mama, what have you told everybody this for? She said, God's given me a word from heaven, Evan. You're saved. You're as good as saved. One day, Evan Roberts was out on the soccer field. And God struck that boy down in conviction. And he knelt down on one knee on a soccer field, cried out for mercy, asked God to save him, got up from that field, told the coach God had done something in his heart. And he was going home to tell Mama. Got back to the house, jumping up and down, told Mama, God saved me, God saved me. And his mama just sat there and he said, why ain't you shouting? She said, I shouted when God told me. She heard from God and when she heard from God, she trusted what God said and believed him. I'm trying my best to try to encourage some of you saints of God. God wants to save your family, but he wants you to believe him for it. And before you believe him, you're going to have to hear from God. I mean, you're going to have to get somewhere alone with God and hear from God and know you've heard from heaven. And there was a trial of faith. But then I want you to notice the tenderness of Jesus. The Word of God said over in about verse number 33, And Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her. And he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. There is no doubt this morning that the Lord Jesus did love Lazarus. The scripture tells us that. And Lazarus, you already know, is a picture in typology this morning as far as my illustration and my allegory is concerned of a lost man. This morning, the Lord Jesus Christ loves lost people. He loves that individual soul, but it goes a lot deeper than his love for Lazarus. He already knew what was going to happen with Lazarus. But he saw Mary and he saw Martha and he saw their tears. And he was moved with compassion when he saw the love that they had for Lazarus. Child of God, I'm trying to tell you this morning, when you go before your heavenly father in tears and a brokenness and a weeping, 
and God sees and God feels what you feel and it moves the heart of God in compassion. Son, don't you know what it does to God when he sees you weeping for your husband? When he sees you weeping for your wife or for your children or sees you weeping for your neighbors, don't you know that moves God? But not only did he love Lazarus, not only did he love Mary and Martha, but he saw all of those Jews that had followed them. You see, this picture is a whole lot bigger than just Lazarus this morning. This picture goes a whole lot deeper than just a man that laid in a tomb for four days because just a few short days earlier, the Jewish nation had ran the Lord Jesus Christ out of town. They hated him. They despised him. And they wanted to take him and stone him. And the Lord Jesus conveyed himself away and went to the other side, Jordan. And he saw them and he was moved with compassion toward those that hated him and despised him so much. And Jesus wept, not just for Lazarus, but he wept for Mary and Martha. And he wept for the nation of Israel. And the Lord Jesus knew that what he was about to do was to glorify his heavenly Father. And he knew what he was about to do. There was going to be many of those Jews that would believe. But the Lord Jesus groaned in his spirit because God in the flesh knew that no matter what he did and no matter how he did it, there was still a bunch of those Jews that would not believe. Then you see the trouble of Lazarus. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone, and Martha's sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. He's been dead four days. This morning when you look at the trouble of Lazarus, and you compare him to a lost and unregenerate man, this morning Lazarus did not need a bath. Lazarus did not need to be cleaned up. This morning, if you're lost, you don't need to clean up and you don't need to straighten up and try to do better. Lazarus didn't need a new suit of clothes. Lazarus didn't need something to make him conform or make him look like everybody else. And if you're here this morning and you're lost, what you need is not a new appearance. You don't need something that makes you fit in and makes you look like everybody else looks. Something that'll cover up what's on the inside and make you fit in. You don't need a new suit of clothes. A dead man don't need therapy. Can you imagine going to physical therapy and they wheel in a corpse and they say, we believe if you just work his limbs a little bit and make him feel better. Uh-huh. This morning, if you're lost, may I suggest to you that religious activity is not what you need. Amen. I mean, you can get involved with the Christmas play. You can get involved with Bible school. You can get involved in Sunday school and you can be everything in the church except born again and it won't fix your problem. Religious activity is not what you need. What does a dead man need? He needs life. What does a dead man need? He needs breath. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And what a dead man needs is not all that bunch of rigmarole. A dead man needs Jesus. And then you see the triumph of the Word of God over and about verse number. 43, then when he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. 
the first thing I noticed about the Word of God that Jesus spake. What Jesus said, He said it plainly, and He said it publicly so everybody could hear. The gospel this morning is plain, and it's simple, and it's public. If you've never been born again of the Spirit of God, you will die and go to hell. If you've never had the new birth experience, you're not right with God. But the good news is that Jesus came to save sinners. This morning there's an outstretched blood-stained arm that says, Would you come unto me? There was a public cry. But then again, there was a personal cry even right in the midst of that. Right in the middle of what was going on. I mean, I've been in these church services and I watch folks and I see somebody under conviction I think they're going to fall out in the floor, pass out. I know some of you's got saved and you've testified and you've told me, Preacher Mike, God started dealing with me. I literally thought I'd pass out. And you see that on folks. I think sometimes people think you're so dumb you can't see that, but you can And you see that on people sometimes. And right in the midst of that public crowd, there'll be somebody that'll break out and you had no idea God was dealing with them. And they'll break out and come falling down into an altar. Did you know that morning when Jesus walked into that graveyard in Bethany, if he hadn't said, Lazarus, come forth, if he had just said, come forth, every corpse in the graveyard would have got up. He spoke to Lazarus on a personal basis. Did you know God the Holy Ghost can come to you and speak to you? on a personal basis this morning because he loves you the way Jesus loved Lazarus. He's personal this morning. But it's not only that, it's powerful because he did get up. (laughs) You know what? I've come to the conclusion this morning that the only thing I know to do is preach the Word of God. I believe, I'm, listen, I'm just, I'm just silly enough, country enough, and dumb enough to believe that if I'll just preach this book right here, it's going to help folks. Amen. I mean, I could stand up with puppets and all kinds of bands, and we could stack up speakers to the ceiling and put up screens and project all kinds of things and do all sorts of stuff in it. But I just believe if I'll preach this book, it'll make a difference. Because there's power in this Word. Amen. Do you know I can say something in this Word? I can be talking about oranges or apples and you'll be hearing about kumquats and you'll go to the house and you'll say I, well, hmm, what about that and you'll get to thinking about that and rolling that over in your mind and it won't be something I said it'll be something the Holy Ghost said because the word of God for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Did you know this book knows where you live? Do you know this book knows what's on your mind this morning? Did you know this book discerns what, what you're thinking about right now? Or whether you wish and he'd shut up and we could go on and go to Fire Mountain or somewhere smokehouse and eat? Hey, it knows what you're thinking this morning. There was a triumph of the Word of God and a power in that book. But then I want you to look in chapter number 12 and verse number 9 and verse number 10. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. Verse 10 said, but the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because that by reason of him many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. I see the testimony of Lazarus. 
When they looked at Lazarus, they didn't have to wonder had something took place in his life. It wasn't just his life that was affected. It wasn't just Mary and Martha's life that was affected. It was every life they came in contact with. All of those Jews that had come down. I've watched, folks, in this building that God saved you. God's changed your life. I remember God saving little old Miss Tanya. That Wednesday night, she got birthed into the family of God. Miss Tanya, God loves you. But see, that wasn't just for Tanya. Because that reaches out and that touches the family. And that reaches farther out and it touches somebody on the pew behind you and somebody on the pew in front of you. And I believe anybody ever really gets bored of the Spirit of God, God will give them a testimony. And it's just as much a miracle as it would to be to walk out in this graveyard and raise up some corpse out of this graveyard when God saves somebody and puts the breath of life and gives them a spiritual being and puts the Holy Ghost of God in them. It changes everything around them. You imagine everywhere Lazarus went, people got to whispering and talking. I said, look in there. There's that one. He was dead over in Bethany. That's him. That's him over there. Honestly, it's him. No, I ain't him. That's him. Everywhere he went, he dealt with that. And I got to looking. And they come. I, I wonder why Lazarus is somewhere at McDonald's eating or somebody just walked by and touched him. See if he's real. Is that real? Has God done enough of a change in your life that people are looking at you wondering if you're real or not? Has God done enough to change your world that people are scratching their head wondering if it's going to last? Did in Lazarus. And finally, and I'm through this morning, we're going to go to the house. Verse number 45 said many of the Jews, back in chapter number 11, many of the Jews which came to Mary... And had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Brother Sammy, they wasn't going to brag on Jesus. They wasn't going to brag on Lazarus. They was going to tell the Pharisees that this Jesus is messing things up for us and we're going to have to do something. Can you imagine... Can you even begin to understand what a miracle of grace had took place? Miss Francis, the miracle that took place when God saved you, the miracle, Brother Matt, that God performed when He saved you, and people saw that miracle, Brother Tracy, and they watched it with their own eyeballs. But instead of glorifying God in the miracle, it brought so much conviction in their heart that they began to murmur and to complain because it brought so much conviction on them. The only way they knew how to deal with it was they had to act like this ain't really happening and this ain't really real. And this really ain't as good as it seems. Let me tell you something. You watch these new converts that's got saved. I mean the ones that's really got born in the family of God. Guess what? They ain't perfect. And they will mess up. The Word of God said that Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And the Word of God tells us that Lazarus came up out of that grave, out of that cave or that tomb. And the Word of God said Jesus told those that stood by to loose him and let him go. Lazarus, when he came out of that grave, was wrapped in grave clothes. He had those anointed cloths, those swaddling type clothing wrapped all around his body. 
Traditionally, they put the hands down by the side and they wrap the entire body like you've seen a mummy wrapped. I don't believe for a minute Lazarus stood up and walked out. I believe he floated out. I don't believe he could have even stood up. He was wrapped up. It was a miracle. Everything about what took place was a miracle when Lazarus came out of that. And, and the Lord Jesus looked at that crowd around and said, Loose him and let him go. Right. What does that mean? He was still wrapped in his grave clothes, but he was alive. Right. This morning I am alive, Miss Brenda. I'm saved by the grace of God, Brother Allen. But I am still wrapped in my grave clothes. Amen. And the Lord Jesus said, y'all loose him and let him go. What's that mean? We need to exhort one another. We need to provoke one another to love. We need to help one another. And love covereth a multitude of sins. And just because I'm saved don't mean I'm perfect. Don't mean I'm not going to mess up. And you can be saved by the grace of God and mess up. And you think, my soul, how could I even be saved and say what I've said or do what I've done or think what I've thought because of your grave clothes. And as long as you're in those grave clothes, you're messed up. But one of these days, the sweet Lord Jesus is going to step out on the clouds and he's going to say, come up hither. And when he tells us to come up, I'm going to drop these grave clothes and they're going to stay here. Now this morning, I see the tragedy and we're going home. The tragedy that folks could get as much help as many people in this building, Brother Bobby. Yes has got saved. As many people right here in our midst this morning, I'll tell you what, don't you, if you've got saved in the last year and a half, why don't you just stand up briefly this morning? Just stand up. And as beautiful and as wonderful and as glorious as all that is, there will still be those that will sit in this building. You can sit down now. There will still be those that will sit in this building and they'll murmur and they'll complain and they'll miss the whole thing and they'll die and go to hell no matter what God's done. Could you imagine Jesus just raised Lazarus up out of the tomb of many grave clothes come floating out of the ground? And somebody run to the Pharisees and said, you ain't going to believe what that Jesus has done. Now he's messed everything up. That bunch over at the church has messed everything up. I like it like it used to be. All they want to do is cry and snot and shout and cry and sing and preach. My soul, it's sometimes it's 15, 20 after 12 before we get home. The Methodist done messed up the salad bar. Preachers changed everything but the days of the week. People are getting saved. But there are people that will miss it. What a tragedy, Brother Danny. What a tragedy. And it breaks my heart, Brother Larry. And if I could fix it, I would. But I ain't going to let it stop me. I'm going to keep preaching. Because there's a few more still going to get in. And they're going to get some help. And I've done my best this morning to tell you about Lazarus and his resurrection. This morning, it's not what I say and it's not how I say it. When Jesus spoke, he spoke personal to Lazarus. And this morning, I've come to the realization that I could do everything I can do. I could scream and holler and cry and do double backflips down the aisle. 
cough up my liver on the communion table. It ain't going to make you get saved if God don't draw you. If the Holy Ghost of God's welcome, He'll come around. And when He comes around, He'll do business. And ladies, He might not always do it when and where and how we think He ought to do it. He may be a few days late. But you know that song, He'll be right on time. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know who you're trying to believe God for. But if you trust God, if you'll hear from Him, God can save your loved ones. Amen. One day that one you've been praying for come floating up out of the ground. <laughs> yeah. You look around, what in the world? I mean, I've seen folks get saved in this building that I've talked to my wife. Me and her both have done figured they're so religious. Ain't no way they'll ever get saved. But they got in. I'm just being honest. God can do whatever God sees fit to do. If his young ones will believe him. I want you to stand to your feet this morning.